What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and TV shows that accompany those universes. I am your co-host, Ben Rayside, and today joining me, as always, is the other co-host of this show, Mr. Ethan Wensloff. Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. I, uh, we're, we're recording in person for the first time in quite a while, so I'm very happy to have you right across from me right now while recording this. And I, I always love talking my MCU, and uh, this is definitely going to be a fun one because She-Hulk, a lot of people got a lot of things to say about She-Hulk. I will say, for a show that has been really critically attacked online, it's been some of the most conversation that the MCU has drawn since probably No Way Home. Like, this has drawn more conversation than even Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I would say. Because every week it would come out, and every week fans would have something to say. Now, not revealing my thoughts about it, but it's just been a very divisive show. And the ending has also been pretty well-received. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but we'll talk about it. But yes, we are going to be talking about She-Hulk today, and the review of this nine-episode Disney Plus series, the first nine-episode Disney Plus series, since WandaVision. So each episode's been about, what, 30, 35 minutes? Yeah, typical sitcom length. And there's been a lot of characters that have come and gone in the show. Kevin Feige was right when he said in 2020 that you never know who might appear. I took it as a different meaning back then but now that the show has been out now we know what we have out there and so without further ado let's get into it but before we do before we get into it leave a review on spotify and apple podcast that would be greatly appreciated and subscribe to the youtube channel that's as far as i'm going to go into it let's open our sling ring and head over to the mcu Being a superhero is a trial by fire. Who's going to protect the world if not people like you? I'm Jennifer Walters. I'm a lawyer. I have great friends. Can we get some shots, please? It's an emergency. A demanding job. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you to be the face of it. A frustrating family. Cause we didn't ask for this. So, She-Hulk. This ep- this was just completed last week with its final episode. And Ethan, you have prepared a little plot synopsis for us. Yes, but before we dive into what She-Hulk is, Ben, I want to get your take on how the MCU has handled the Hulk in the MCU. Because that, not only is She-Hulk very divisive, but the take on the Hulk is very divisive where we go from his first appearance in the first Incredible Hulk movie, and then people kind of call it a de-evolution as we get more and more Hulk in the MCU because the portrayal in Endgame, a lot of people hate that, but Ben, I want to I wanna get your take on that. So the history of the Hulk is very strange, as in from 2003 on, he was a powerhouse. He was probably one of the most popular Marvel characters alongside Wolverine and Spider-Man until the MCU came along. And he was always this hulking, brutish monster. Fast forward to 2022, and I wouldn't say that's who he is right now. So it's kind of... I I wouldn't say I have a problem with where he's at right now. It's going to be ending his character 
is going to be an issue because I feel like we got the Hulk that was strong and brutish in the first Avengers movie and in Age of Ultron. He goes sicko mode on that whole town in um, right off of Wakanda in Africa and the Scarlet Witch takes control of his mind. And that is the Hulk that most people want to see. But I, I find it difficult to have that Hulk as the Hulk in Endgame and Infinity War just because of the plot and everything like that. I don't mind where he was in those movies at all. But I can see yeah. why people would be mad that Hulk, being one of their favorite characters, is now a professor, which is pretty much the exact opposite of the traditional version of Hulk. So yes, I empathize yeah. with people. I don't have a problem with yeah, where he's at right now. It's a tough situation because you do want him to be this big brooding monster, but you also want him to be a part of the team and contribute something. So it's where's the happy meaning of that? And a lot of people think that they went way too far with this. I'm not one of those people, though. I, li- I like where he was, especially because he was it had a hand in creating that uh, the nanotech gauntlet and he was the only one who could do it, the smart Hulk to snap everyone back. I like I like where he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely say that it's it's not bad. I just think I would have liked to see him do more fighting in Endgame, but uh, I don't hate it. We still got Hulk. It's not the end of his run. We get we get a bunch of Hulk in She Hulk, so let's dive into that. She Hulk, attorney at law, the name that. Uh, Oh, it definitely got me excited when I heard it because where else have we heard attorneys at law? Of course, the Daredevil show. And who knows? Maybe we'll dive into that. But uh, yeah, this is written by Jessica Gao, directed by Kat Cario. And the characters are Jen Walter slash She-Hulk, played by Tatiana Maslany, Nikki Ramos, played by Ginger Gonzaga, Titania, played by Jamila Jamil, Bruce Banner, played by Mark Ruffalo, Mallory Brooke, played by... Renee Goldsberry, Pug, you know, the OG, the, the man himself, played by Joss Segarra, who uh, if you are an Arrow fan, you, you might know from there. And Emil Belonsky slash Abomination, played by Tim Roth, Holden Holloway, played by Steve Coulter, and Todd, played by John Bass. And uh, we got a few guest stars in this show, a, a few notably, Benedict Wong as Wong, and uh, the man, the myth himself. Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. So this uh, this show, I mean, there's a lot happens. It's hard to summarize this, but I'll, do, I'll, I'll put it in a, in a sense. So Jennifer Walters navigates a complicated life of a single 30-something-year-old attorney who also happens to be a green six foot seven inch super-powered Hulk. And that six foot seven is what the IMDb said. So we'll, uh, I don't know, she might. No, might I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That. Yeah. I think they actually say it in the TV show that she's... I remember seeing... Oh, that's it? 6'7"? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tall, but like for a Hulk, maybe you could be a little taller. Probably, yeah. But So uh, leading up to the release of She-Hulk, uh, this is actually the worst display of this. The show was actually review-bombed on IMDb by uh, what IMDb claimed was uh, mainly uh, middle-aged men. So, uh, yeah, ma- maybe that tracks. Maybe that tracks. But... Uh, a vast, the vast majority of reviewers I watch online don't really have a lot of hate towards this show like we see the trolls online. So we've seen many shows. Like recently, there's been a lot of shows that have come out that have been just att- 
attacked for so many reasons. Miss Marvel, I think, also got review bombed. Rings of Power is another show that's been absolutely destroyed. And She-Hulk is another one. I don't get where all of this is coming from. I'd like us to watch the show as it plays out. And then I, I, I wouldn't give my rating until the show was over. You know, not... I mean, you can go episode by episode and talk about whether you liked it or not, but don't rate the whole show as this is horrible. You know, every time I saw people going on the first two rings of power or the first two episodes of She-Hulk, and it's like, yeah, this show stinks. I'm not watching it. You know, like, that's fine, but don't call the show horrible until you've seen the whole thing. Yeah, you. we were saying that with uh, with Kenobi. I mean, we could tell by the way it was going that it wasn't going to pan out to be what we wanted it to. And every single week, that actually inspired us to stop doing podcasts every week. The Kenobi Show did because of how we felt every week. We were so bummed out. And I think Book of Boba Fett also aided us in the decision to not podcast with every episode. Well, if we had podcasted, I'm just going to say, if we podcasted during every episode of She-Hulk, I think it would have been very arduous, a very gruesome task. Because (laughs) I'm not going to lie, and I'm I'm just going to say it out right now. I liked probably 40% of the show. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it was I could take it or leave it. Now, I'm not here saying that this is the worst thing that Marvel's done. I'm definitely not here being like uh, Sean Pegg saying that this is the best thing that Marvel's done since Endgame. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And genuinely, there are s- signs of brilliance in this show. Some yeah, of the what- best Marvel television I've seen. When the show is doing what it's good at and it gets in its its rhythm, I think it is is top tier. But yeah, like you said, uh, you said sixty percent of the show really didn't quite hit, and I think that's pretty accurate because everyone is saying that there's a middle chunk of this show that really didn't need to be there and could have been done a lot better and executed a lot better. And a lot of it goes back to an interview Jessica Gauss uh, did where she said. They just didn't know how to write, or they didn't know how to write courtroom scenes. And I think with your show being attorney at law, you definitely should have a grasp on that. And I think also a lot of it has to do with us knowing that Daredevil was going to be in the show, and us waiting for him every week because. You know, I think She-Hulk does have a very good introduction, and I do want to see more of her character, but them teasing the Daredevil that he was going to be in the show has us as fans, all right, when is he showing up? When is he showing up? And every episode that adds to, oh, man, he just didn't show up yet, and now we're spending time at a wedding that no one cares about, so what are we doing here? That contributes to it as well. Yeah, it definitely put a big damper on the entire series because – you you get a ton of Daredevil fans and a bunch of, you know, whatever, macho dudes, I guess, wanting to see Daredevil and She-Hulk. And when you throw them in the trailer, it kind of gives a message, yes, this guy's coming. And he didn't really, what was it? It was episode seven. No, episode eight, the second to last episode where we got Daredevil. And that's a that's over two months right there of fans just waiting for this character to show up. So putting him in the marketing, I I definitely think affects the overall perception on this show. And then at the end of episode five, they tease him. They put the, his mask in Luke Jacobson's, uh, whatever you, uh, what do you call those? Um, I don't, I don't even know, but if they hadn't have done that, I feel like it would have been much better received. I'm going into this for She-Hulk. 
mm-hmm. not waiting for Daredevil. And how can you not? You can't blame anyone because Daredevil is one of the best things Marvel's ever done. So that was definitely a mistake. And I just – a lot of things have been doing this lately. It's No Way Home was a good example of keeping things secret, not confirming things. But a lot of things have been doing that. And it's like if you just would wait and not reveal things – Rumors are fine. I'm fine with rumors as long as it's not confirmed. And I'm going to say it right now. Like, Black Adam has done this. That's a big... I mean, we're going to go see that movie tonight. But I already know what happens. And that also goes into the fact of uh, what Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been saying online and uh, how he's been answering certain questions. They're not really keeping anything secret. But if they did... That would be some of the greatest thing. It would have been the greatest thing ever. I am a huge fan of that whole universe. So seeing him back again since 2017, I'm just going to say it. And I mean, we're being we're being pretty vague here. I don't know if you want to reveal. Do you have Black Adam? Yeah, if you don't want to know any Black anything from Black Adam, don't skip this part because it is a genuine spoiler. Probably but five seconds. If you 15. know if you know what's out there, you know what's going to happen. But Henry Cavill Superman is. In the post credit scene. Or so I'm led to believe by The Rock and everyone online. If that hadn't been revealed, that would have been such a great experience in the movie theater. But now I know it's coming. Now it's still going to be great. But I know it's coming, so the reveal is lessened. Yeah, and you were even talking about how, you know, No Way Home did a good job. They didn't directly put Toby and Andrew in the trailers, but we still knew that they were coming and... The rumors of also Matt Murdock showing up in No Way Home were also there. So even though they didn't reveal it, we still kind of knew. So the rumor mill was still spinning. So I would really love to see this corrected. And a lot of this uh, spoilery territory is credited due to more Marvel employees working from home. So there's more stuff surfacing the internet. Well, I think Star Wars actually does a pretty good job when it comes to this. I don't know what the crews are on Star Wars, but I don't know how they were able to keep Skywalker's cameo at the end of Season 2 a secret, but they did. Boba Fett was the same way. Rumors, though, there was no rumors about Luke Skywalker, though. They kept that under wraps. So I don't know what they're doing on Star Wars, but they're doing it better. They're doing it better than Marvel is. Maybe Marvel's just has so many people working on so many projects that it's kind of hard to keep it a secret. But... I think Black Panther is going to be a good indication of what's going to happen. But we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, back to She-Hulk. You would say you agree with that? About 40% of the show is good? How yeah. do you feel about so, the show? I, I think it's getting way too much hate. It's it's hard for me to talk about this show without saying that up top because it, it's getting so much undeserved hate. But I also don't think it's it's – it's not spectacular – but also, it never promised to be spectacular. It promised to be a sitcom, and I think it was. It probably wasn't the most funny sitcom. It could have been a lot more funny. But I think when it really was in its A game, I think it it was great. I loved watching it. But there are a few episodes in the middle, I'd say. I think the first two with Bruce, that probably could have been one episode. Mm-hmm. With her getting her powers and learning it. That could have been one episode. And then there's the whole middle span. Till Wong shows up. I like that episode with Wong and uh, Donnie Blaze. The fake Johnny Blaze. That's a good one, yes. I like that episode. That one's good right in the middle. And then it's kind of, it's all right. And then we have that great scene out on Emile's retreat. When 
she, yes. you know, she's in her therapy with all the men. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of the end of her character arc in the show. And then we get Daredevil and then the finale. So I think, I don't think it's a terrible show. I think that there are a few episodes in the middle. Just a few too many. Like, I heard one guy say mm-hmm. this. He said, this is the first Disney Plus show that, I think Koi, I think Koi uh, Jandrew actually said this. He said, this is the first Disney Plus show where it was nine, but I think it could have been six. Mm. And normally we say it's six, it could have been nine. So it's just interesting to see, because Marvel's still in the, regardless, this is the, the really the ninth Disney Plus show they put out, but they're still in the, uh, two years into this, they're still working on it. Yeah. They don't know how to do it yet. So we'll, we'll see how things progress. It's going to be really interesting because now we're kind of getting out of the COVID era, I would say. Black Panther is going to be the last big project that I would say was massively affected mm-hmm. by that time. Everything else after that, I would say, pretty much has a good set of getting everything they need to, getting it done. But all of this stuff has been affected by COVID, so maybe there, maybe that has something to do with it. But I, I totally agree. This could have been six episodes. I think it would have flowed better. The wedding episode, I feel like you can skip. You know, she even says it in the episode. And I really do appreciate the one thing I really do like about the show is the fourth wall breaking. I think they did that really well, especially in the finale. But she says to the camera, like, if you think this episode's an inopportune time, then you'd be right. But we're still doing it anyway. She's like, yeah, weddings are always in uh, inopportune times. But th- it was funny because they knew what they were doing in the writing. Je- uh, Jessica Gow had said that they wrote the show over a year ago. And the fact that as the show's coming out, the criticisms they address in actual She-Hulk are the criticisms that the show is actually getting. It's cool. It's cool. But I don't know if it's necessarily like, oh, we know exactly what people are going to criticize about this. I don't know if that's a good thing because if you're looking at your project and you can see, yep, it's going to get all this hate. I don't know if that's a commentary on your show or a commentary on actual society. Because then why do you do that? Mm-hmm. Why do you make those decisions? If it's going to get hate, if you know it's going to get hate, why not do something else? Or I would say, because that, that comment about not being able to write court scenes, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including me. Why not get someone involved who does know how to do those things? You know, anyone from Better Call Saul, anyone from original Daredevil and it was, or crime drama. Yeah, it was funny when uh, when Charlie Cox comes into the courtroom, you can just tell that that he's played a lawyer before because immediately it feels like yeah it's a different show just the way he's talking in the courtroom and he just has a better grasp on it than i think any of the she hulk staff did the back and forth especially that they do with each other like that's the most lawyer dialogue we had in the whole show just that back and forth between them and then it ends with him being like yeah, he was using uh, jet fuel or something like that. I forget. With his uh, sniffing right. sound amplified. Which I do want to get. I do want to get your full thoughts on how you thought Daredevil was. I know you have a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I do want to get into the nitty gritty live here on the podcast on talking Daredevil because I certainly have my thoughts as well. But I, the first, even that first episode, I was like, after every episode, it was like, all right. Wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really that good either. I would say the first episode I really was like, "Wow, that was good stuff." Was the eighth episode with Daredevil? So it was. It falls low on my Marvel ranking, and I wish I didn't keep putting these Phase Four projects mm-hmm. low. You know, 
There's been three I've put in my top 20, I think. But overall, it's like they just keep churning this stuff out. And it's like I do think there is something to be said for Marvel fatigue. For sure. You can say that now. So, you know, Marvel fatigue. But then November, November 11th, uh, Black Panther will come out. And then it won't be till February we get another Marvel thing. So I think even in those off months. Guardians of the Galaxy special. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. We got that right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. But But I think even in that little span, that month to two month area, I think people are going to start to miss their favorite fandom a little. And it'll be that weird medium because we love, we love getting content, but we also love our content being special and it being rare to get it. So Marvel's got to find that happy medium. And I think what we've been saying a lot is this is the COVID era. There's still, you can, you can see COVID's hand on a lot of these phase four projects, which sucks, but we're, we are getting out of that. And uh, the C- Secret Invasion trailer looks great. So there are there are still problems in the MCU. And I think uh, we, we just got to see. Wakanda Forever and then Secret Invasion will definitely indicate on how Phase 5 will be. But I think Wakanda... I mean, we, we mentioned this in the last podcast for Werewolf by Night. But Wakanda Forever, it's going to be a different project, I feel, entirely as far as tone goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. But... For this for this show, I do want to get your live thoughts on Daredevil. What do you – how do you feel like he was portrayed because, I mean, he, dude, he's your favorite character. Yes. He, so those of you who are listening who, who don't know, Daredevil is my all-time favorite character, all-time favorite show, the Netflix three seasons. Perfect. It's the best thing Marvel has put to screen. Uh, how I think he was done? I think he was done great. That's just my take. I – think Charlie Cox, he knows a character better than me. He knows a character better than a lot of people. So he he plays it perfectly. And a lot of people are uh, jumping on his take in this as too comedic. But it, it's a comedic show. And Charlie Cox has even said himself that th- this won't be how Daredevil is portrayed in Born Again or in the rest of the upcoming appearances because this it's a comedy show. Now, how I want a legacy character for me personally, like Daredevil, I do want him written a little better. But I'm not going to judge how some of his uh, little uh, quips and uh, bad jokes and bad writing, I'm not going to let that judge how he will be portrayed in the rest of the MCU. As far as what I saw and as far as what I think is permanent, I really do like it. And uh, I uh, I wasn't sold in Episode 8 on him and Jen. I wasn't. But then, I don't know, in Episode 9... When he's sitting, he's sitting down at the barbecue with the family. I was like, you know what? They uh, they got good chemistry. They got it. I think it's rushed. I really hate the walk of shame with Daredevil. I really hate that. And I think uh, him making out and you know ultimately spending the night with She Hulk. I think that's all rushed. And we don't really see that from the take in the Daredevil show because he's more he's more cautious. We see it with Elektra and. He just doesn't really do that in the show, but it is a comic thing. Daredevil is, he, he's got two devil horns on his helmet, so it's easy to say he's a horny guy. He definitely is, and <laughs> that's his downfall. It's one of the biggest flaws in the character is he can't control his uh, his feelings. 
But I think that is fair to not be happy about that, though. Like, there's this great scene in the first, in the second season of Daredevil with him and Karen on the porch steps in the rain. And he says that he, like, there is so much buildup. You have a season and a half of buildup to that episode. And it's, no, this night is great. I love this. I'm not going to ruin this. So it's a little jarring for fans of the character and especially his portrayal to see him just go and have a one night stand. So it's, I really, that really did not. Yeah. And I pointed this out in uh, on my videos on YouTube, but 2018 is when Daredevil season three takes place in the MCU. 2025 is when She-Hulk is taking place. So yeah, that's seven years of this character we haven't seen. So how has he changed since then? What will be different? I don't think anything they wrote ruins what he was in that show. It's just not frustrating, just not how I would have wrote it. Mm-hmm. And the Karen thing is definitely different because, I don't know, maybe he's in L.A. with uh, She-Hulk. Um, I mean, he's not thinking, oh, yeah, I want to turn this into a relationship. But with Karen, there's it's more fragile there. He's going to take care of that a little better. But that's my question because in the ninth episode – Certainly seems like they might get to get the conversation yes. with the parents and everything like and that. Would you be happy about that? You got to flesh it out more. I want to know what happened to Karen. We got seven years of story. You got to tell me. And is that even canon? We uh, definitely leans into it being being canon with his suit being the same one as the Netflix one and the Netflix theme playing during his appearance. So <laughs> we, yeah, we just got to see more and. Uh, I don't hate I don't hate the pairing when they're sitting together. I think they got good chemistry. I like She-Hulk. I like Daredevil. I like them together. Now I like Karen better. But if Born Again is technically a prequel, I don't I don't know. That's what I can say. We don't have enough. We don't have enough. A prequel? A prequel to what we see in She-Hulk. Oh, I see. Okay. So this is Telling before of what all happened. I mean, who knows if it's even going to be... I really wish they would have definitively said in She-Hulk so we could go forward and know what we're getting into with Born Again. I guess we're going to have to wait for trailers and uh, ultimately for that show to come out unless he appears in like a Spider-Man movie. But Yeah, Charlie Cox says he hasn't even seen the script yet for Born Again. Hmm. Could he be lying? Yes. He also denied being in No Way Home many, many times. So... It's no secret for actors to have to lie their way out of things because it's either you spoil the surprise or you just lie to your fans. So mm-hmm. there's no happy medium. But, yeah, I I can't sit here and complain about the Daredevil because I never thought we'd get Charlie Cox back as his character. Charlie Cox even said he never thought he'd be back playing this character. He said he credits the Save Daredevil campaign 100% for why he has returned. So I think... Just seeing that movement, seeing that Kevin Feige acknowledges that, yeah, this was this was great. Fans love this. I want him to be our Daredevil. I think that in and of itself, regardless of if canon, if Netflix is canon, we get Charlie Cox. We get the best part of that. So I'm happy moving forward. I'm excited to see what they do. But I won't judge how he's portrayed in the show to be his definitive de facto, that's, that's it. That's Daredevil. So now I'll ask you this then. What about She-Hulk? Mm-hmm. Because I, I probably should have gone with this question first, but I, I was pumped up because of Daredevil. 
what do you think about her? Do you want to see her again? Do you think Tatiana did a good job yeah, playing her? I, I definitely want to see this character again. I think I think the show didn't do the character any favors as far as the fandom goes, but I think what they did with her, you know, she she regardless of what people are saying, she has an arc in this show. She goes from not wanting to be she all from not embracing who she is and then struggling with her own self identity and then it culminates in the uh retreat scene the therapy scene that is such a great scene yeah and she basically gives her thoughts and then the next episode she's able to find matt trust in a guy i don't think it's portrayed as well as it should have been on screen but then she finds matt murdoch and then she's ends the series with him so i think she definitely has an arc and i definitely am excited to see this character again especially with i mean we got to talk about the cgi for she hulk in yep, the show that was my next the thing. vast majority of the middle chunk it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. So seeing this character with an actual movie budget, I think would definitely benefit the character. And I like her. I like her. I don't think any of the red flags that people are saying about She-Hulk reign true to me. Because I think as far as female characters go, she's one of the more interesting ones we've gotten. I love Tatiana Maslany. She has so much like charisma and just the way that she plays, she has an energy about her that she's excited to be playing this character. The scripts that she's given are not the greatest, but going forward, I totally would want to see more of her. I mean, maybe if she goes back to New York or well, if she goes to New York period, but I'd love to see that. I I really do want to see more of her as well. Like I totally agree, but I do want to talk about that retreat scene because that is without a doubt the best scene. And the score for that part too, like the music that plays in the background, you you feel that sincerity that comes with a really like important dialogue scene, and it's a lot of what the MCU has been missing lately. Those scenes with a good score accompanying the background and someone just pouring their heart out and saying why. Like I've rewatched the scene many times, and if it wasn't for the finale, that'd be my favorite scene in the whole show. Because it's it's a genuine moment of heart. And if the show had more moments like that, I think it would be received a little better. I really like that scene. Mm-hmm. But I, well, I'll talk about the finale after we talk about side characters. Because this show has a lot of them. She has her lawyer friends. She has the villain, the villain side of things with Donnie Blaze. Uh, you have uh, Titania and Todd. Is that the was that the Frogman? Oh, Leapfrog. Leapfrog. Yes. Yeah. I I am not the the hottest on their names. Like I, I can't remember them. But what do you think of the side characters in this show? I think like they definitely benefit. Wong is another one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely an appeal to this show is you have She Hulk who is a lawyer for specific superhero cases. So the potential for that is. Is great. You can introduce all these quirky little characters that are in the comics that we probably wouldn't get. Otherwise, like we got the Matador, you know, a classic Daredevil villain. I didn't think we'd get him, but we got him. And it's it's really cool just uh them being able to do this. And that's that's why I really enjoyed this show. I it was just a platform you don't want these characters in big movies. It wouldn't feel right. But to have this platform where they can you know, put Leapfrog in it, or uh, the big one I wanted, I wanted Stiltman really bad, mm. and uh, Jessica Gao actually said that they almost put him in the show, which I would have died, that would have been great to see Stiltman, but yeah, you can get these little characters that aren't necessarily, 
perfect for the MCU side of things because the MCU has kind of realistic, not, they've kind of made the this Marvel world a little more grounded and realistic than some of the comics make it. So, yeah, as far as side characters go, I, I really like him. Uh, Pug, Pug is definitely a standout for me. I love Pug. Any scene with Pug, I thought he is just so fun. And the the actor who plays him, he was on Phase Zero. What? Let me really. Let me, yeah, let me look up his name. No, I. Oh, Josh Sagara. Yeah. Yep, there so you go. he was on Phase Zero, and he is just as fun in real life as he is as the character. So I really like seeing that and. Yeah, Wong. Having Wong in here was great. He, I thought he was written really good. And uh, you, you had Madison. Him and uh, him and Madison. You I know, was just gonna say. Of, yeah, <laughs> I think she was a standout. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Je- Jessica Gao said that was her favorite uh, character that they wrote in the show. So when she would come on, I I watched this with Sam, and we would <laughs> we would laugh. Anything she, you'd think she'd be annoying. Mm-hmm. She worked, dude. I don't know how. Her and Wong definitely had like uh, a good dynamic you know Wong's he's not the most stoic guy but he's a little more stoic and mm-hmm. not as as goofy as her so they really gelled together really well and they're really they could be great friends so I I really do want to talk about the finale of this show because the finale is genuinely one of the best Marvel episodes television episodes ever like that hit me not unlike it wasn't like deep or anything, but it was just so meta that mm-hmm. if the whole show was like this, and obviously it can't be, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. But it was so fourth wall breaking to the point where She Hulk literally breaks into the Disney Plus home screen and goes into the writing room of her own show. Like that is that's crazy. What were your thoughts when that happened? I was I've, like, I've heard tons of different takes. Noah Badal, shout out to him. He thought he bumped his Xbox controller. He was freaking out like, oh, man, what happened? You know, Real Rejects, they were talking about how it would mess up their whole reaction video because it kicked them out of the show. So what what were you feeling when that first happened, we first saw the Disney Plus screen? I was like, wait, what? I, I, I couldn't – I didn't have time to register that it was there, and then I was like, oh, she's – She's there, yeah. Wait, wait yeah. what? Holy crap. And then that was just – I said that louder and louder as the episode went on. I was like, wait, what? Holy crap. Wait, what? Wait, wh- is she going to see Kevin Feige at this – like, I was waiting. So for- this is funny. Marvel actually actually changed this, but I watch with the captions on. I'm a captions reader when I watch TV, and – when they said Kevin, his name was acronymed K-E-V-I-N with oh. all the periods. So I'm like, why, why did they do that? Marvel has recently fixed this to where it just says Kevin when they mentioned his name. But it, really? Yeah, it was the acronym before. So I was like, that's a little interesting. So oh, wow. I wasn't like, oh, they're going to go see Kevin Feige. I was like, no, they're going to do something a little a little meta here. Interesting. Because, yeah, it's a robot. Mm-hmm. It's a robot and – the stuff that she says is the voice to Marvel fans out there everywhere. And you said it was a year ago. They they wrote this all a year ago and filmed it and everything. And for her to like, I, I was laughing so hard when she said, when are we going to find the X-Men? And she like pointed at the camera uh-huh. and like, like, I got you guys. And yeah, it was just really, really good. And because I was at one point during the finale, like Hulk jumped in. And Abomination was there. And they and, and like, Todd was, inserts the Hulk blood into him, and he gets into Hulk Todd form. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're really – holy cow. They're we're just going, going off the rails. crazy, yeah. 
But she says the same thing. The finales of Disney Plus shows, Marvel movies have been criticized for being the same thing all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're really doing it, man. So it really is nice to have some self-awareness. That Because you know Marvel knows. Yeah. Marvel reads all this stuff. I'm pretty sure they have one guy just dedicated to watching new Rockstar videos. <laughs> being like, oh, I don't know. We got to change this, you know. But it is re- the meta-ness of that whole thing plays kind of into Miss Marvel. Not as big, obviously. Because she actually like interacts with the viewer. Miss Marvel doesn't do that. But it was just really... The whole thing was awesome. I do got to say, though, the one negative of the finale... Was the inclusion of Scar? Everything about that is wrong. That the look, the timing. Literally, this is the scene. Hulk comes in. Hello, this is my son Scar, and everyone looks at each other and then it ends. And I'm like, Yeah, wait, you can't just do that. That's not even like a good bombshell. Like. Plus, he looks horrible. <laughs> like, that's not even his look, man. Don't critique Stan Lee's haircutting skills over on Sakaar. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, dude, that looks horrible. Yeah. That is horrible. I mean, you, I know you know what Scar looks like in the comics. Yeah, it's a... It, dude, uh, it's a different skin tone. His haircut's horrible. Like, he's a savage brute. This looks like... This really does look like Professor Hulk's yeah, kid. Yeah, it... Uh, and uh, he wasn't Professor Hulk yet when he was on Sakaar, so... It's really it's interesting. We we'll have to see more, but yeah, he definitely isn't. He's kind of animated the same way Professor Hulk is. He's not as big and scary as he should be. But who is the mother? That's the real question, dude. Who is it? That's like we need to know that. I'm pretty sure. Well, because a whole thing happens on like Sakar. So I don't know if they're going to go into that. They really should. They teased a movie in the finale. They did. They did? Yes. Wait, hold on. So Back it up. Explain. Hulk is there. He came back from Sakaar. And uh, She-Hulk's telling Kevin, no, 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 this can't be in. We'll save that for the movie. She says that in there. So no movie, of course, has been confirmed by Marvel. But they teased a season two of She-Hulk, and they teased the uh, another Hulk movie. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, because nothing's on the release schedule. No. But there also isn't a Spider-Man four on release schedule, and rumors for that have been a bubbling. Right, because it's gonna tie into Daredevil: Born Again, or gonna be pretty much like a direct sequel. I don't know if. So the rumors say. So the rumors say. Right, but Scar horrible. Did not like that at all. Um, yeah, but overall though, this show was, I would say it was more than a miss than a hit. For okay. Me. I would say the ending but, left me well, but I can't, like, I wouldn't say I would ever rewatch the first six episodes okay. of the show. I've already rewatched episode eight a couple of times, so I can't uh, say that either, but well, like I'm just saying the, like the beginning. The beginning part. No, yeah, you know? yeah. The the first stretch of the show. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really the tough part with all these Disney Plus shows is what can you skip? And unfortunately, it's leading into like you can kind of skip a lot. 
And I think Marvel knows this, which is why they're exercising their uh, special feature. They'll be uh, using that hopefully a little more than they've been using the series. Well, I truly think Werewolf by Night was supposed to be a show. Like, I really do think that was supposed to be a show. At the at the beginning, I think it was. Like, dude, we're going to have a Disney Plus show about Werewolf by Night, but now they turned it into a show. That's good stuff. I'm into that. But you just got to exercise that where you can, where you may. But favorite character of the show. The legacy has been laid. She-Hulk's out. You can't say da- I mean you could you can say Daredevil if you No, want. I won't say Daredevil. Say some say original character from the show. Original character from the show. I I can I say Jen? I like Jen. Yeah. I think Jen's a good character. I like I like what they do. I don't like everything that they do. I've said it already, but I think what what they did is they built up a character that I'm excited to see again. So Jen, Nikki, Pug, that that whole gang I really like. I would say the same thing. Jennifer Walters, although I like Nikki and Pug, I like those two characters. I think Jen is the whole wholly the standout of this of this show for sure. Like even the Hulk scenes, like I don't know, like they just didn't those Hulk scenes didn't rub me the right way either. Like it was fine, but it was like, yeah, this is her show. She's the main focus. For the most part, they did a good job in selling me on her character. And I guess is that the point of these? Is that the point of these Disney Plus shows to not produce the best quality, but to sell you on the character? Because even though I didn't like Miss Marvel, I do want to see her again. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to see Monvalani again. Is so, that the point? I, if they, it is the point, then I think going to the special feature would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that special feature was fifty minutes. We want to see Ted. We want to see Werewolf by Night. We want to see Elsa Bloodstone again. So that works. It works just as much as the show, and it's a lot less for fans to ingest, too. Would you say your favorite episode was the eighth episode? Yeah, I'd I'd say it is. Just getting Daredevil back and getting all the nods to the Netflix show really did it for me. The the hallway scene, the reference to his practice in Hell's Kitchen, and uh, hearing Daredevil say the... Uh, Sokovia courts that really yes, really got me revealed. excited yeah that's big so, yeah episode eight's definitely my favorite okay and then um even better than episode nine because that meta stuff was good stuff it I was mean, I, I mean you're a daredevil fan so i guess you know yeah <laughs> that's fine I don't know. I might have to go with episode nine. Episode nine was I, really good. I say that's definitely right. I say that's right there with it. So, Ben, as far as Disney Plus finales go, is this this second best? Where does this rank for you? Because Loki, Loki finale, it's, it's still my number one for sure. Loki finale, I think every episode is great of Loki. So beating that is definitely hard. But as far as finales for a show go, I, th- I think this might be my second. It's definitely your second. You look at look at what you've got. The Hawkeye finale left me really like it was good, and I actually like, I find myself liking that more and more as time goes on. Especially as Christmas approaches, that could that you know what that could be the reason why. But 
I would say it's probably my third favorite Disney Plus show, but this is without a doubt the second best. Loki was good because the whole show was good and it built perfectly to that finale, which I mean everyone's still mad about because it was and it revealed dialogue. it reveals the next big bad. He right. who remains it, Kane. It's a hard beat, but this one was so original and had so much meta ness to it all. So like that was great. I love this finale. Really, really good stuff. And so. But as this like as the full show goes, it wouldn't rank as high for me. Like I, I believe I put it in my Marvel ranking, and I believe it was in like the bottom bottom ten of my Marvel ranking. I don't know. If, have you done that yet? So you rank movies and sh- shows together in your yeah. ranking. I do all the movies and then I do all the shows. So as shows go, I got this as five. But also, I do want to rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I know I mentioned this to you the other day. Yes. I want to rewatch that, see how it compares to the recent stuff that we've been getting, because our standards were higher back then when Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. So I want to see how that compares to the recent stuff. But right now, I have my ranking goes I got Loki, WandaVision, Hawkeye, or Moon Knight, She Hulk, Miss Marvel, What If, Falcon, Winter Soldier. And then in the ninth spot, I got I Am Groot in there because that technically is a is a series. It's a series of shorts, but just for fun, I'll throw it in there. I, <laughs> I dude, I, I don't think I watched that. I don't think I ever watched. It I came Am out Groot. on your honeymoon. I, you definitely haven't seen that. Oh, true. I guess I think I. So there's been 40 projects that the MCU has put out, and I have She Hulk at 37. So that should show you where it ranks on my list. But the only, I mean, I have had, no, you know what? I've had actually three projects from Phase 4 crack the top ten. Strange Multiverse of Madness, which I will defend always, Loki and No Way Home. I saw a tweet today. It was Multiverse of Madness, and then it was Thor, Love, and Thunder. And the tweet was, if you had to rewatch one of these, which one would it be? And the thing, the tweet was saying it like they're both equal levels of levels of trash but what? we all yeah, me me you and micah you know the three three of us on this podcast we we really liked multiverse of madness but yeah as far as love and thunder goes i hate that movie it, i hate it listen i liked strange in the multiverse of madness so much that i watched it on my honeymoon <laughs> i watched it on my honeymoon dude i have the video to prove it okay he said it to me it's true I watched it on my honey. Well, it's also Sam's favorite Marvel movie, so that also has a little bit to do <laughs> with it. But I would have watched it either way, dude. I really like that movie, and I hate that it gets so much, like, so much discourse thrown its way. I wish it would have been well received, but obviously that can't be everything. I think that's it. I think that does it for She-Hulk. I believe we've covered pretty much everything. It didn't really live up to our expectations and maybe they're a little too lofty but um is this a show that you like let us know ethan's done a great job covering all of the episodes on youtube but i would really like to know what you guys think because regard i mean i would say me and ethan are pretty much on the same page but i know there's been very much discourse and i know there's a lot of people who don't like the show so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on the ending and also your thoughts on the whole series. Yeah, as far as the ending goes, if you didn't like any of the show, you're going to hate the ending. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of just embraces what the rest of the show was. Yes. But 
I wanted to do this and I want to start this because for guests, for guests that come on, for recurring guests, I'd like to just just get to know people and kind of what they're at. Okay. And I want to start with you. I have a, a six questions I want to ask you. I am titling this the Marvel Questionnaire. Okay. And this is very broad. This is also live. I'm hitting this with you with yeah. no... <laughs> There's been no that all of these questions are my own and you have no idea what they are. So I just want to take you through these six questions and I want to hear your answer for this. I feel okay. like I know the answers to some of them, but you might be surprised. And I want to do this with Micah and anyone else who comes on here because if you're a big fan of Marvel, I think you should be. Are asked. you gonna do it with yourself? Is that something that's gonna happen? We can definitely do that down the line. Okay. Absolutely. But the first question is what is your favorite? character in all of marvel and i think i that one's pretty obvious for yes. ethan Wenslow. it's charlie cox's daredevil it's daredevil yes but this is so this is basically talking about the character itself not like taking away actors matt murdoch daredevil He's so you'd still say still say matt murdoch yes matt murdoch's daredevil okay especially as i dive into more comics as i've been doing the the character is just, I love his just wrestling with his faith. And uh, the whole faith aspect really elevates the character for me. Because, you know, as a man of faith myself, I'm not, I'm not Catholic, I'm Christian. But just the, his whole wrestling with that, I really can relate to a lot of it. And just uh, his whole, like, God's given me th- these abilities, so I got to use them for that, use them for good. And just his whole wrestling with that and... Uh, the cast of characters he got around him and just uh, the lawyer aspect of it. They really do a good job with that. And I think the character's got a great look and uh, power set. I love his power set, his uh, just ability to sense things. Like there's a whole dilemma in the Daredevil comics in the early runs. Karen Page found a doctor who can cure Daredevil's sight, but he doesn't want to do that because he thinks if he gets his real vision back, then he'll lose his radar sense, which enhances him because Daredevil doesn't see forward. He sees 360 around him. So I think that power set is super cool. The super hearing is a great feature to the character. And uh, the, yeah, Billy Clubs. And he's, yeah, I love him. I love Matt Murdock. It's clearly evident by your life and what you have that that character is for sure your favorite. Next question. What moment in all of Marvel, this can be comics, this can be television shows, this can be films, makes you happy? Mm. Just just happy. It doesn't have to be the most happiest you've ever felt, but off the cuff, what moment in all of Marvel, it could be MCU, it can be outside MCU, it's probably going to be in the MCU, or maybe it's in Daredevil, but what moment in all of Marvel, across all media, makes you happy? It's uh, it's got to be the end game scene with uh, Steve and Peggy, when he's just dancing with her. That that scene, it uh, it was weird. I it didn't get emotional watching it the first time, but in the most recent watch, I definitely got a little little foggy eyed, and I was just. It, it didn't play right for me first time in the theaters, but now watching it and seeing that that's where the character ends up. He after everything he's been through, he gets to be with his. His, the love of his life, and he's just he's dancing with Peggy. It's, it's a great way to end the Infinity Saga, and a great way to end his character. That is a that's also a great way to answer that question. <laughs> so, conversely, 
what moment in all of Marvel makes you mad? The Just uh, any scene from Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> just any scene from that movie. It, it, Can you pinpoint one specifically? Obviously, a lot of that movie the makes whole you movie. mad. But <laughs> uh, is there one scene that really like encapsulates why it's bad? Is it the screaming goats? The six times that they scream? Is it the fact that Gore gets no screen time? <laughs> I really think it's the whole movie. Any scene with Korg in that movie. Probably the... the any scene. I can't pinpoint one because I yeah. really I have such hate for that entire movie. Mm. Wow. I've never seen you this passionate in anger for a Marvel project. Yeah, me neither. I've never felt it you before. Know, we were saying earlier, there's been no nothing in Marvel that's been offensively bad. Thor Love and Thunder might be right like right it's there. It's close. It's close. It's close. Like that is bad. So, question four. What moment in all of Marvel? makes you sad it's tony's death it's tony's death that that moment uh it's triumphant but it it's it's that's a character we love we hate seeing him go then what's the specific scene when uh, when uh peter comes up to him he says we did it and then uh, tony's dying and pepper comes up to him and she comforts him that that moment gets me the saddest i think of anything in the mcu Question five, if you could have one character appear in an upcoming Marvel project, what would that character be? It could be a reintroduction to a character that we've seen already, or it can be one we haven't seen yet. But if you could have a character appear in an upcoming Marvel project, who would that be? Who would you like to see? I would really like to see Cyclops. I want to see Cyclops show up real soon. Yeah. I'm not saying saying Daredevil because I know Daredevil's coming. He's confirmed. Well, right. No, you, it's it's someone who is and not on the Hugh list. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. He's confirmed. He's coming back. So I want to see. I want to see Cyclops, and I want to see him pl- portrayed by a new actor, which which can't happen till twenty twenty five. But I think so. The multiverse saga is right now. So we got Phase five and Phase six. But once that's over, Phase seven. I think that's the mutant saga. So mm. I think you want to get your core mutant introduced, the Captain America of the X Men which is Cyclops. So mm. I want to see him show up, and I think if they get the right actor, they get the right writing, he can be the next Captain America. Whoa. I No, I'm with you. That's a good answer. And finally, question six. If you could meet any character in real life. So the character from the screen comes into my world, not actor. We're talking character. We're talking character. Okay. Separate actors. When it comes to this, when it comes to these questions, it's the character of from Marvel. If you could meet any character in all of Marvel, who would it be? Who would I meet? This is a good question, Ben, and I'm really struggling with it. I, oh, man, is it the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? A team? See, I'm trying to think right who I'd like to sit down and have have a lunch with because this is what this is. All these characters are great are are great to watch on tv but who man that it's this is harder than i thought it'd be because who i don't want to sit down with someone who's going to be hard to converse with right just someone who's super chill super easy to talk to you know i don't i don't know why this is coming to me but i think who i'd like to sit down and have dinner with is is a man who's already sitting down professor x i think charles xavier 
for some reason right now, I just think I, I could sit down, converse with that guy, and I think he would have great knowledge to give me. One of the smartest guys in all the Marvel Universe, that's for sure. <laughs> Professor X, that's your goal. That's, that's who you're going with. Now I'm thinking of hundreds of other people <laughs> I could have said. So I'll stick with Professor X, but uh, Mr. Fantastic, I think mm-hmm. I, a lot of the stuff that he'd say would fly over my head. I know I wanted a super chill person, but let's go Professor X. Why not? Professor X. Yeah. That's a great answer. That's the Marvel questionnaire. I'd like to do that with many people going forward because I think it definitely promotes some good conversation. But um, that has been this episode of Multiverse Monologues. We hope you've enjoyed this She-Hulk conversation. Again, let us know your thoughts. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as we said before. We're on YouTube. So... Leave a review, subscribe on the YouTube channel if you can. But this has been Rayside. This is Ethan Wetzloff. Signing off, we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.